This is chapter 2 of Genesis uh, in verse 7. When the Lord God formed the first man from the dust of the ground, the Lord breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and the man became a living being. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Be seated, please. You may have seen in the bulletin notes this morning uh, uh, the story uh, that has made it around over the last few years about a couple of scientists who, after successfully cloning animals and humans, had decided there was therefore no longer any need of God. And so they told God, we really don't need you anymore. Uh, We can create human life ourselves. And God said, well, okay, let's have a human creating contest, but we're going to do it the old fashioned way. We're going to create the humans from dirt. And so the two scientists got ready and got their hands and into the dirt. And God said, no, no, wait a minute. You go get your own dirt. And it reminds us, I think, of, of two of the realities of our world. And, and the first one is this, is that none of us is self-created or self-made. The fact that we are even here is a gift of God. Our existence speaks of a generous creator. But the second thing is also significant as we talk about the forming of, of the first human from, from dirt or dust, almost like this. What do we learn about our genus creator and what do we learn about ourselves in that? Well, I want to make a few observations this morning. The first one is just taken from the reality that all of us have the same ancestor. According to the scripture, we all came from the first person, from the first human, Adam. And so what does it mean that we all have the same source, the same ancestor? Well, one of the things that the rabbis comment on in the days of Jesus was it meant that none of us could claim to be superior to another person. None of us have, in a sense, a better heritage than they do. We don't come from a better stock or a better family because we all come from the very same family. We all come from the first family of Adam and Eve. And like, uh, like you, I, I know a few people who uh, have uh, ancestors who came over on the Mayflower. I find that very interesting. But when I think about the historical timeline, it seems to me that Adam was a long time before the Mayflower. And that is the family from which we all come. Reminds us that there's more that we have in common than really divide us. If we, if we, uh, uh, stuck up in or uh, in, into our arms and we, we bled, we, we would all bleed the same. We would all, we all bleed the same red blood. And as I've reminded you before, ever since, I guess, uh, Elijah in the Old Testament, the mortality rate for all of us has remained pretty consistent at 100%. All of us came from this stuff and we're all going back there. And it doesn't matter your family name, where you went to school, what you do for a living. There's so much more that ties us together than really separates us. But the rabbis in Jesus' day also noted something interesting. He said if we all came from one person, what it could also mean is that any time we hurt, abuse, or kill another person, we have done that against all of humanity. We have abused. We have insulted. We have hurt all humankind when we hurt one. And conversely, they would say any time we reach out and help one person... We feed one who is hungry, visit one who is lonely, listen to one who needs to share their life story. Anytime we've done that and helped one person, we've helped all of humanity 
they would say, because we are all one. We all come from the same person. We all go back to Adam. But Adam, as you know, was made of dirt, of clay. Uh, What could this mean for us? Well, it's a powerful metaphor that could mean a lot of things. But I think part of what it means is that we have an essential tie to the earth, to creation. Uh, Valerie uh, walked through with the children the days of creation. And what they all have in common is they're all dependent on one another. We're all part of the same living system. We are all of dirt. And so it's important, as Valerie reminded the children in the prayer, that we care for creation. One of the things that coming from dirt reminds me is I'm not the Lord of the rest of God's creation. I'm a steward. And my job as dirt is to make sure the other dirt is cared for and is nurtured in appropriate ways. I'm reminded of a story John Claypool told from uh, one of his churches years ago. He said uh, there was a family who had a fourth grade son, and and the project in that fourth grade classroom for uh, art for the fall was to build a ceramic gift. Uh, and as I told the pastors the other day, they were building ashtrays, but I guess it's not politically correct to talk about ashtrays anymore. But that's what they were building. Um, and and the fourth grade was so excited about what he had built. So after the Christmas program is when you gave your gift to your parents. And so uh, there was great excitement. One fourth grade boy from his church ran and got under the tree in the classroom the wrapped ceramic gift and ran back to give it to his dad. And he tripped. And the wrapped package ceramic went up in the air and came down and broke into so many pieces. And the boy began to cry. Now, his father, as Claypool tells, was a military officer and somewhat of a stoic man. And so he said to his son, now, son, don't cry. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Fortunately, mother was wiser than father. And she bent down and with her skirt began to gather up all the pieces. And she said to her son, it does matter. Let's take these pieces home and see what we can make of them. There's a lot of debate about creation and the state of creation and, and how much trouble we're in and who, whose fault it is and the direction it may go. And I think at some level those debates aren't as important. It's just the reality that God created all of this. And we need to take whatever we have in the shape that we find it and see what beautiful thing with God we can make of it. Because we're really all of the same substance. We're all of the dirt. But there's one more important thing to know about the story. This dirt came together like the model magic that Val showed the children. And God breathed in to the dirt the breath of life. And it came alive. What's interesting is uh, God's name uh, that the the Hebrews spell. And and Orthodox Jews are not going to say the name of God. But when you spell it, and if you would pronounce it, they'd say it would sound almost like inhaling and exhaling. And one of the things they teach is that is our God, who not only breathes life into us to bring us alive, but is as close to us as our own breath. God is as close as our own Life. God cannot be any closer to any of us. One of the things that this creation story talks about is the intimate relationship that exists between God and those God has created with breath. Between the artist and we, the most precious and valuable work of art. 
One way scholars talk about it is they say chapter 1 that we read uh, this morning is about creation, but chapter 2 is about relation. God is so close to us because God is a part of us, breathing in to us. We are an amazing mixture of earth, dirt, and yet heaven, the stars, the divine spark that is God's breath in all of us. So we are capable of doing some pretty difficult and hard things to one another. But we are also capable of such wondrous acts of caring and generosity to each other. So what does it all mean? I don't know that I know what it all means to be made from dirt by the breath of God. But I have an idea of some things. I'm reminded of Rabbi who used to have a note in each pocket of his pants. Uh, One note he pulled out of his left pocket said, Remember, you came from dust and to dust you will return. And the note in his right pocket said this. It said, remember, the earth was made for you. And somewhere between those two realities, we walk and live. That we will one day return to dust. But that we also have the divine stamp on our life. And we are capable of such incredible good. We live between dusts and stars. It's interesting that one of the things that happens in the story of creation is on the sixth day that uh, animals are created. Remember Val uh, held up uh, the horse? And, at the, and then humans are created all on that day. And in the midst of all that creation, God says it's very good. But one of the things the rabbis noted, and, and, and it's interesting, I don't know that it's so, but they said... That one thing about humans is God didn't specifically say of the human being that it is good. And they would say because the rest of creation is finished in the first six days, but the human being is created to always be in the process of growing and changing. That our creation, how we end up, is still very much left up in the out in the open or up in the air on the creation day. I don't know. But that makes some sense to me because, well, quite frankly, we don't all do the same with the dirt and the star that God gives us. Alfred Adler, a famous Austrian uh, psychologist of the, the last century, loved to tell the story about what happened in 1930s Vienna. At a train station, a well-dressed man got off the train, and he was approached almost immediately by a beggar who said, I have no money and no food. Will you buy me breakfast? Give me money for breakfast. And the well-dressed man looked at the beggar, and he said, well, you look like an intelligent man. I tell you what, I will buy you breakfast if you can tell me how such an intelligent man as yourself ended up in this position. And he said, Uh, very offended, he said, look, if what had happened to you, had happened to me rather, had happened to you in your life, you would know what a bad question that is. Well, he said, tell me about it. And they went to breakfast, and the beggar said, my mother died when I was young. So my brothers and sisters and I were raised by my father, who was cruel and abusive, and he was such a terrible father that the state took us away from him and put put us in a state-run orphanage. And there we lived in a dormitory until uh, World War I, and invading army artillery, a shell hit our orphanage. And we were scattered, running for our lives. And he said, and I never saw my brothers or sisters again. 
And since then, I've never really gotten my bearing or found myself. And if that had happened to you, you wouldn't be asking me this question. That's interesting, said the well-dressed man. In fact, it's strange because I, too, lost my mother when she was young. My father was cruel and abusive, and the state took my brothers and sisters away from him. I also ended up in a state-run orphanage that was hit by artillery fire in the Great War. And he said, and I, too, have never seen my brothers and sisters since that day. And then, of course, as they talked, they found out they were, in fact, brothers, raised by the same orphanage, made of the same stuff, and yet two different directions. We are dirt, and yet we are also stars. And the direction we go in life depends a lot on what we do with what God has given us.